Welcome to Kesed. If you are new, my name is Danny, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. And I am um, trying to get my iPad to open. <gasps> it did it. We can. For a second, I thought I was going to have to use the Holy Spirit only, which you got to be careful on those weekends. Um, listen, uh, thanks for being here. I'm I'm excited that you're here. If uh, if church is kind of new to you, I just want to create a little space and say that I, I get that. Uh, we recognize that uh, it takes sitting in some tension in order to be a part of church, especially for, for those of us who maybe grew up in church and experienced some hurt or all that comes with that. Uh, I, I've had a few people ask if I'm ever going to stop saying that. No, the answer is no. Because uh, we have so many new people and so many people that experience kind of a painful version of church that uh, we want to create space and we want to we say thanks for giving it another shot. Uh, for the rest of you, those of you maybe who didn't grow up in church, but you're just not really into this God thing, thanks for being spiritually curious. Thanks for uh, showing up and asking some big questions. We're not here to provide all the answers, but we are here to sit in that curiosity with you. And so I'm grateful for your uh, participation and appearance today. Uh, this is a good weekend to come. We're launching a brand new series called Forts. This is a church-wide series, meaning that the children, uh, the youth, the, the young adults, everybody's going through this series kind of together, and it's a series on friendship, and there's a really specific reason why, and it has to do with a lot of the growth that we're experiencing here at Kesed. Um, you may or may not have heard, I've heard much less, thank you so much for reminding me about the wave that's coming over and over and over again, but there is a, a lot of uh, new families, a lot of new people starting to come to Kesed. And uh, we need to be prepared for that, and we need to also be aware that a lot of those people are showing up uh, looking for friends and looking for connection and looking for community. Uh, we want to be a place that is good at that, and the problem is many of us just aren't. Uh, building friendships is hard, it, it, especially healthy friendships. Building unhealthy friendships is really easy, which we're going to talk about during this series. Getting like shallow friends who just tell you anything you want to hear and just want to like mutually uh, do destructive things together and nobody call out one another's behavior, easy. Those aren't the kind of friends we're talking about. We're not talking about your buddies who, who only want to talk about your hobbies. We're talking about real life connection, real life friendships and things that are life transforming. Those are the kind of things that, that are honestly, if you really pull the mask off, they're hard to find. And there's a lot of different reasons for it. Uh, I don't know your approach to friendship, so I've got a couple different quotes that, that maybe you'll connect with. Uh, here's the first one. Friends are the family you choose. Yeah, okay, good, we got connection on that one. Good, good, all right, next one. This is Lincoln. He says, I'm a success today because I had a friend who believed in me and I didn't have the heart to let him down. Amen. Yeah, okay, good. This guy's got a lot of friends quote stuff going on. <laughs> and then this one, true friends don't judge each other, they judge other people together. <laughs> no? Oh, <laughs> about half the room just lit up. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, this series is for me. And then lastly, <laughs> friendship is another word for love. This is, this is uh, ultimately what we're talking about. We're talking about learning how to love each other, how to be in authentic relationship with one another. We're learning how to be honest about the parts of relationship that aren't healthy for us and the parts that are. We're learning about our role in other people's lives and the role they should play in ours. Now, I said a minute ago that, that Kesed is a place that recognizes a lot of people uh, have a lot of church hurt. So you have to recognize 
that uh, almost all church hurt happens, I'll put this on the screen, within the context of friendship. It rarely actually happens with a guy like me on stage talking to somebody like you and you're like, I'm so offended right now, I'm leaving. It's not usually quite that way. I know, I, I, church is sort of like part of who I am and, and what I'm a part of. Most of the time it happens with somebody in the church you thought was going to be different who wasn't. Or a DNA of church you thought was going to be different and it wasn't. It happens often inside the context of friendship and I think that we'll find a lot of healing as we unpack a lot of that. Add to that that every person in this room has either been hurt by a friend or hurt a friend, and it becomes clear why this series is so important for all of us, no matter our season of life. We all need to both have friends and to be friends. And so we're going to spend some time before the the holidays get here just evaluating that, looking at that, and we're going to do it in kind of some fun and silly ways. Hence my fourth set. I haven't had a set this grand since I was a youth pastor, but you know what happened? We got all of our artists together who happened to be friends, and we said, we just want you to build a fort together. I didn't even design this. I didn't really give hardly any input at all. They came in, I came in two days after, and all of a sudden I had castles and and, uh, cardboard box uh, things everywhere. I don't know if you've seen children's. They have forts in every single room in children's. They just went crazy building forts around the building. And we're gonna learn why I think that's such an important thing for us to do together, and that's build forts. Here's a couple friendship facts for us. On average, in a lifetime, you will make 396 friends, but only one out of 12 of those friendships will actually last. Another one, it is scientifically proven that the company of good friends reduces stress in life. So much so that loneliness increases blood pressure and cholesterol and activates one's physical and psychological stress responses to the point that chronic loneliness increases risk by early death by 14%. I read a stat somewhere that said a chronic loneliness is more dangerous for your health than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. So that means some of you should just light up with your friends and then you could be... (laughs) We don't know which is worse, right? We just, we don't know. I said that on Thursday, they said I shouldn't say it at the nine, but I did anyways. They didn't laugh as hard as you guys, so (laughs) that's okay. Here's my goal for the series. My goal for the series is that I would like for Kessid to become a beacon of friendship, both here in our city and wherever people are engaged with us, even online. I would like for us to, to be a place that when people show up, they don't just feel our judgment. They don't just feel our, our, our leadership. They don't just feel our answers to all their questions as if we have something figured out. They don't. What they feel primarily as they walk through these doors is, wow, this is a place where I could maybe find a friend, a real friend, somebody who would encourage me, somebody who would help me, somebody who would support me, somebody who wouldn't judge me, somebody who could come alongside me in this life. If we're going to become that place, then we have to start with us. We have to start with first evaluating what kind of friends we really are and being authentic about the place that we see friendship in our story. So we're doing something we've never done before in this series, and you will participate in it as well. Uh, We also did this again in children's. We're doing this at uh, the youth level. I'm hoping Young Adults is going to do it uh, coming up here on Tuesday. Like we're going to experience this whole part of the service right here together. And that is that we are going to take an anonymous friendship survey. On the screen there, 
is a QR code. For those of you who know what that is, you get out your phone, you open your camera, and you point it at the screen. That QR code will take you to a very simple, anonymous five-question uh, survey. For the rest of you, somebody who don't, you don't want to do that, you don't feel comfortable, or you're just not still trying to figure out how to turn on your camera, uh, I have paper surveys for you. So if you would, just raise your hand. I'm going to put on a 90-second timer here in a minute. You can take the, the test anytime you want, but I am going to read through the questions. So anytime right now that you want a paper card, you can take one. Yep, yep, here, here, over there, okay? Here's the five questions, same as on your screen. First, how lonely are you? How lonely are you? Rate it one to five. One being I'm desperate for connection with another person, all the way to five being my relational life is even better than I hoped it would be. Next question, do you spend more time on your phone or in person with your friends? <laughs> Some of you are like, Ugh. I didn't know this was going to be a service of conviction. Yes, yes it is. One being we only text or call or chat online, all the way to five being we see each other in person all the time. Next question, where do you go to meet friends? One being I wouldn't know where to start. Five being all the way I have several communities I'm a part of. Next question, how are you at meeting new people? One, I have huge anxiety about it. All the way to five, I love it. You're that annoying, friendly person. <laughs> Next question, would you make a good friend? This one's my favorite one. Needs work. Or I am solid friend material. I'm going to put on a timer because I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to take it again. Raise your hands. Go ahead and start it. If you need a card, uh, someone will bring you one. Other than that, take the survey. We'll be back in just a second. Again, for those who have the cards, there's black boxes against the back wall. You can also take those cards to the Welcome Center and turn those in. And for the rest of you, uh, yeah, too late. So you should have, should have figured that out. <laughs> uh, the Bible says a lot about friendship. We're going to do much more deep dives into this throughout the series. But I at least want to give you some context around what the Bible says about how important this topic is for us. I want to let's look at four different Proverbs, just again, not in a deep, uh, extended way, but just in a way to kind of let you know and give you, some, um, give you some space to kind of start to think about friendship from a biblical standpoint. 
Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I don't know if you realize this or not, but especially when it comes to healthy friendships, those healthy friendships are something you actually choose. They don't often just happen to you, and that's one of the reasons some of you in this room don't have very many healthy friends, because you've not chosen those kinds of people in your life. But love is a choice. And a true friendship is when we love that friend all the time, not just when it is convenient. I, uh, I know that in my own story, uh, for certain, my best friend is my wife, Erin. But we have our own tension points and spaces that we don't agree on. Like, I love iced coffee. I don't know about what's broken in her worldview around that topic. <laughs> but, but you know what? I'm here, I'm here to shore up uh, the weaknesses of my spouse. And so... And so it's not always convenient for me to, to have to not have iced coffee like I want. But I'm willing to do what it takes to be the husband of the year that I want to be, also known as a hottie, H-O-T-Y. I tell my wife all the time, husband of the year. That's, that's uh, something that she uh, hates that I do. So, <laughs> so that's just part of how it works. Proverbs 27.6, uh, wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses. One of the greatest things about true biblical friendship is knowing that when a friend says something to you about an area in which you need to grow, you know their intent is from love. If they didn't love you and value you, they wouldn't risk telling you something you didn't want to hear. This is referring to that earlier comment I said about especially guys. This is something more often I find with guys that I don't want to classify that or, or uh, kind of generalize that way. But often guys will have buddies that do nothing but talk about their hobbies. And they're like, yeah, we're really close friends because he loves cars as much as I do. But when you try to get past that, or you know, what a risk it is even to ask that question, like, hey, how is your marriage? Like the whole room goes quiet. And suddenly it becomes an uncomfortable space. And I think often that... Uh, that is where some of the greatest depth can happen is when we can talk with each other about the difficult things we experience, even if it wounds you. If you can speak into my life and talk about maybe where, I'm, where it's really clear I'm struggling and you're willing to, to come and share that with me, even though it might wound me, it could be much more beautiful than the kisses of an enemy that don't care about the destructive behavior that I'm holding on to for safety in my life. We got deep real fast there for a second, didn't it? bunch of guys are like, you leave my buddies alone. It's not going to happen, sir. Coming after you and your buddy in this series. You should invite him. If he's a real friend, you'll survive. <laughs> Call it the buddy test. Bring him to church. See what happens. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's probably the most famous friendship verse in the Bible. This speaks to the idea that friendship is built on mutual trust and respect. You should be building each other up not falsely or with empty words, but for the purpose of helping each other grow. Just my opinion, I think young people have the hardest time with this right here because they are being taught constantly to just like everything about other people. <laughs> I offended everybody under 25 in the room right now. And everybody over 25 who just realized they're not young anymore. So I just offended everybody. At 26, you're like, how dare he? I also only like my friend's posts. I'm as shallow as the rest of them. He should include me in that. This is a common culture thing. This is a really big reality. My daughter and I talk about this all the time. There's generally only like buttons. So when a friend does something to you, you're like, uh, like? 
Like you just verbalize. You don't know how often to sit in the tension of disappointing somebody that is harming you or somebody that is harming themselves. Being disappointed is a big part of friendship. We don't do it enough. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about having shallow cultural relationships and not allowing those to be the definition of what it means to be in friendship with somebody. Lastly, Proverbs 18:24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and that person is Jesus. All throughout the Bible, Jesus refers to himself and talks about the friendship that he wants to have with us. And yet hardly ever do people actually refer to him that way. People that have followed him for a long time say things like he's sovereign, he's big, he's all-knowing, he's, he's incredible, he's majestic. People who are struggling, which is a space we create here at Kesed, are like, he's disappointing. Yeah, sometimes. He makes me angry. Yeah. He, I feel like he's too controlling. Okay. We talk about all these different extremes. Do you know what I've never yet heard from somebody talking about Jesus? He's just so stinking friendly. Ever. It's never happened in the 22 years I've been doing this. You know, my God, he's just like so friendly. I just love our friendship. We don't allow that middle space. It's either he's all the way up here or the, he's all the way over here. And that extreme often is what keeps him out of reach from our day-to-day life when what we really need sometimes from our God is just a friend, just to sit at a campfire or at the shore of a lake or on a bench in a park or in our backyard and just be like, God, can I just commune with you? Can I just, can I just rest upon you? Can I just be accepted by you? Can I just share with you my deepest thoughts and without you trying to fix anything? We don't approach God this way. And I think because we don't approach God this way, we then don't approach each other this way. So we then have friends who are awesome and powerful and helpful and almost perfect that we worship or friends who maybe are so terrible and, and, and full of darkness and all these things when really maybe those friends are a little mix of both. But we don't understand how friendship sits inside our lives. And so we either overemphasize or underemphasize instead of just letting it rest on its own. But before we learn to do that as a community, we're going to start by trying to get back to our earliest friendship roots because it's the only way that I know to get us all on the same page church-wide, community-wide. That's why we called the series Forts because almost every person in this room, I'm going to guess, has built a fort with a friend. It's what you do as a kid. You decide that you and I get along enough that we can create a space that's only you and I that, you know, no boys allowed, no girls allowed, no sisters allowed, no brothers allowed. It's just us. Only friends allowed. I had a friend uh, when I was 11 or 12 that had a, uh, his dad had a big piece of property and they had an old barn that they didn't use very often. And we found out that within the old barn, there was a loft way up high, an old hayloft that was used even less often. So we deemed it our fort. And we decided that that's where we would put all the things that we'd find when we'd go adventuring around his property and the, the, the fellow properties alongside it. And we would collect different things and hubcaps or large ropes or a, an old tire, just all kinds of stuff that we found that we kept up there. And then the goal, once we decided it was a, a, a precious place, the goal then was to keep his sisters out of it. So we did everything we could to like lock it down. And the parents like, you can't really do that. We're like, no, this is our space. And they're like, you don't, not really. It's like the family barn. And we're like, yeah, but, but this is our part of the family barn. And they're like, but the girls can, no, 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 this is our own. 
And it was fun and it was exciting and we did it for a few years until his sisters got too cool and broke in and then it became all of our fort, which was okay. I'm still mad at one of them for that. (laughs) This place wasn't really about the barn fort itself. It was about the friendship the fort represented. And that's all it really needed to be. A place to spend time in with someone I considered my friend. And it was easy. But then I got older. And as I got older, I wanted more from friendships. But I didn't know how to clarify that. And the, friend, the people I did life with wanted more from me, and they didn't know how to clarify that. And so all of a sudden, it became tense and awkward. And then I had fewer and fewer friends, and I settled into that being normal because, of course, at 16, 17, and 18, it's the world's problem, not mine. Until all of a sudden, there was a season in my life, and uh, I'm fairly outgoing, and I have a decent amount of people skills. And I, for about a year and a half, can tell you that uh, I don't think I had a single friend that I could really share what I was going through. So may I say, again, to young people in the room, to all the rest of us in the room, you may look like you are so friend-filled on the outside, but we both know that's not true. We both know that if you really had to nail down two or three people you could share anything with or you could call right away and they'd be there in a second, that, that for some of us in this room, you don't have that. We've never, you've never had that. And I want to talk about why. I said earlier that I would like for Kesed to become a beacon of friendship. The reason that's so important is because the way that you feel when you don't have people close to you is really how most people feel. The statistics say most people feel like that. Most people just know they're going to cycle through the friends they have now, and so they don't weigh in any further than they have to because when they leave, it'll be too painful in the first place. So they just maintain a shallow level community And they only receive a shallow level of intimacy and connection. And really deep down inside, their thirst is roaring to be quenched, but they cannot be. And so they turn to other things, to other substances, to other behavior, to anything they can to feel a connection they should be finding in a fellow human friend. Yeah, this hit 11 differently than the rest of the services. Yeah. That's what we need to talk about. That's where we're going to go inside this series. But to do it is going to be risky. To do it is going to, is going to, is going to like put you a little bit back in time, kind of around this forts era, where you're going to have to be a risk to like meet with someone and be honest about the way the friendship's operating and then be like, so I'm kind of looking for this out of a friendship and see if their face kind of scrunches up or maybe if they're like, I'm actually looking for this. And then suddenly you're going to be like, are Did we just become best friends? (laughs) Suddenly we're going to have to kind of start over in some places or reevaluate in other places. We're going to have a weekend uh, about breaking up with friends, people that just really hurt you and are destructive, and we're going to talk about what that looks like. And it's going to be hard. But to start, as I said, we're going to risk. Uh, our young adult leaders, Monty and Ryan Wade, they lead uh, a young adults group that is just taking off Tuesdays at 7 at their home in Richfield. Uh, it's taken off so much so that Ryan uh, all of a sudden started texting me pictures of his garage, which he had a normal garage full of stuff and cars and everything else. And all of a sudden he sent me this picture here about a week and a half ago or so. And I was like, 
he painted it, and now he's got a couch out there, and then he sent me another picture, and, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you, you got your, your pool table out of storage, and then he sent me another picture, and he's got this screen with a projector, and, and he's got this little, uh, this little gambling machine that just takes tokens, and then he let me know that he's getting a popcorn machine, and uh, a shuttleboard machine, and all these different things, and I'm like, wait, what, what's going on? And he's like, well, it's just a place to like, to like hang out. It's like a place for young adults. It's like a, I was like, it's a fort. <laughs> he built a fort. It's a modern day fort. It's a safe space for people to come and just kind of be together. This is a friendship fort slash garage. And it's a place where people are going to go and hang out and meet one another. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, I think that's a really important thing. Besides, it need, where else can our children go and learn to gamble? That's really important. So <laughs> Ryan's Ford, apparently. <laughs> Welcome to Kesset, folks. Uh, Welcome. Glad you're here. Now, I'm not expecting you to go and transform your garage into a children's casino. That's not what I'm expecting you to do at all. Or a friendship fort. I'm not expecting that. But I would like if you would consider starting on a smaller scale. And so I would like if you would consider like all the other services, as well as the children today, as well as youth and young adults, I would like if you'd be willing to participate in an experiment with us. And in order for me to help you understand it, I'm going to show you a video that I asked Chandra and her family to uh, record just a few days ago. Please watch. Hey, Kesson family. My name is Chandra. This is my husband, Kavika. And we are so excited to invite you guys into our house today. We are building our first ever big, massive house fort. We've already built a fort here. That means you did it without me. <laughs> That's awesome. Our second fort. Come join us. We're excited. Here's our kids all lined up on the couch ready for you guys. We're excited. It's going to be epic. Get ready. So here's what we're going to do. And we're doing this, by the way, church-wide. I don't know if you put it together or not yet, but this is one of the very first church-wide series we're doing. So the children are actually being told the same thing that you're being told right now because we're leveraging them in order to manipulate you so you'll be involved. <laughs> but <laughs> very authentic here at Kesed, even when we shame-based lead. That's just something that you're going to have to expect. We are doing a church-wide blanket fort challenge. We're asking everybody in the church to get with somebody else in the church and build a blanket fort somewhere in their lives. It's this easy. Step one, build a blanket fort with your family and or friends. Step two, email photos of you and your friends standing next to your fort to forts at kessedchurch.com. Now remember, you might think, uh, I don't want to do that. Don't worry. Your grandchildren are going to ask you if you'll help. And you're going to say, of course I would love to do that. And then you're going to send pictures, and then we're going to show some of those from the stage, and I'm sure we'll build a, a folder of some sort so we can see everybody's different kinds of blanket forts. This is something that we're doing in order to get us back to the root of what it means to understand friendship. Back when we did this with people that we loved in order to create safe spaces to have snacks or have a conversation, maybe it's just you and your spouse. If you're single, maybe it's you and another friend you can find. But it's something that we are asking you to do together, and we're asking all generations to do it. Now, I want to say 
that, uh, that I, uh, Thursday night we were exiting the lobby and we had multiple folks, I'm going to say older or seasoned, folks with many years behind them, who I saw and heard about getting together with other couples of the same age who decided to build forts together at one another's homes. So please don't think you're too old or, or too hip or too trendy to build a blanket fort because you are not. You are not too old or too hip or too trendy to be a part of a community and to celebrate friendship. So check that out. Be a part. We'll, we'll, it'll, it'll last the whole entire series, and uh, I think it'll be really special. Let me say this also to the folks online. We would love to see pictures of you building your blanket forts uh, online. Just make sure when you email it, you tell us what city you're from so that uh, we can participate with you as well. Uh, I, I'm hoping that, uh, that that'll be something really neat for us to see. Now, I want to say this as well because I want to make sure that you, you uh, encourage him and also that uh, maybe you tell him how forward you're looking to uh, his blanket fort. But Pastor Tom, I asked if uh, he would build a blanket fort with his kids over the next few weeks, his grandkids. And uh, I could see it first. Just for a second, he was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and then he just, he just clicked. And now he won't stop telling me how epic this blanket fort's going to be. Like over and over, he's like, you don't even know what to expect. And I was like, I don't, relax. Like, I, I get it. You're tall. It's going to be big. I get it. But, but he is going to be doing it as well, as well as some other folks in our church that will do some more videos. But overall, I think it will be a really special thing. So if you see him, make sure you tell him how excited you are about his coming huge blanket fort. Okay, this is what I want to do. I want to start there. I want us to try and remember what it was to play and have fun in community with one another. My hope is that it richly blesses you and your life as you seek to love each other as Jesus loves us still as friends. My hope is, my hope is that it's okay for us to be silly, that it's okay for us to just get back to what it means to be fellow humans doing life with other humans, that it doesn't always have to be this this heart-wrenching kind of tearing experience that we can just go and buy some snacks and and set up a, a tent of blankets in our front room and just be together and just smile and just remember. Maybe grieve some of the friendships that we've lost. Maybe consider some of the things that we need to do better as friends. Maybe be excited about the friends God's going to bring you and your life through this series. But we have to decide that it's important because God says it's important because the Holy Spirit is constantly prompting it and because we are his church and I'm here, I'm just here telling you this community isn't looking for people to preach at them. It's not looking for people to, to, to lead them. It's not looking for people to, to protect them. It's not looking for people to provide for them. It's looking for people to be their friends. This is what our neighbors want. But you have to start with that thirst. You have to evaluate what kind of friend you are. You have to look at the people in your life and ask, are these the kind of friends that are supposed to be pouring into my story and who I am? Because only once you do that, do you have the margin and the space to go and be the friend God has asked you to be, asked us to be, to this community we serve. So, build a fort. Ask hard questions. Ponder this year. Be willing to say, okay, God, as I get back into the rhythms of fall, how do you want me to live out the fruits of the relationship I have with you? 
For those of you who God's not your thing and you're just impressed you made it all the way through the service, so am I, by the way. Let me just say, this would be a great series to come and evaluate, to come and be curious, as we say, to come and say, all right, I'll give this thing a shot. Hey, maybe it's all just uh, garbage thinking and, and you can wad it all up and throw it away. But what if there's more to the life and the way that you're living than how you're living it now? What if there is relationship to be had? And what if there really is a God who really does love you, who really does want to be friends with you, where you are, how you are right now? What would that feel like? I hope you're willing to come and be a part and find out. Amen? Amen. Would you stand? We'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for, uh, for the lightness of this series, for the willingness of people to, uh, to remember what it was like to, to build forts with friends, to, to, to be authentic with their relationships, to, to risk and have connection with other human beings in spite of the pain they've been caused in the past. May uh, God, you bring back some fun in our stories. May you bring back some, uh, some life to, uh, to these hearts that are tired and alone. Thank you for a space that uh, we can walk out with you, for you are the greatest friend we'll ever have. We lift it all up to you for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for coming. Appreciate you. See you next week.